0: that every christian needs to not become weird and i'm warning you from now these two things are very basic they're not these crazy new revelations but they're things i find that many christians are missing especially in this day and it's causing them to become weird fall for false doctrine and come off of the right path and you should know that the bible tells you That false teachers and false doctrines and doctrines of devils will be prevalent in the last days on a very great scale. It's one of the signs that things are getting ready to wrap up here and Jesus is coming back. So as a believer, you need to be a person who is very vigilant and understands what false doctrine looks like, what false teachers look like, and make sure you don't fall for their lies, and fall into the trap of false doctrine, and it's very easy to fall into that trap, because people think, you know, oh, you know, I'll never fall for false doctrine, you know, I some of the, some of the things that people believe these days, I'll never fall for it, but the enemy is very subtle, and the enemy is very cunning, and he's very deceptive, and he gets you in ways that you wouldn't know, so you have to make sure that you're a person who is very vigilant and clings to your faith, clings to the truth of the word of God and does not let that go. Does not let that go for anything. You see how these days it's just the norm for believers to kind of back off of the truths of the word of God and mix it in with other things. And, you know, we don't need to be harsh. We can be, you know, more you know more loving and more kind and we can you know we don't have to preach that we can like make things more modern so the world can accept it more and it sounds like a good idea on paper but that opens you up for false doctrine that opens you up to be deceived by the lies of the enemy god's word may not be something that the world likes good that's what it said the gospel is not going to be accepted by everybody. Not everybody's going to accept the gospel with open arms and be like, yes, I want Jesus. No, not everybody's going to do that. You're going to have opposition. The gospel may offend some people, but even though that might happen, the Bible told you it was going to happen. Continue to preach it, continue to teach it, and continue to believe it. And don't back off of it for anything. Because when you do that, it will stop you from being deceived. It will stop others from being deceived. And many people will be saved as a result. So I want to get into something today. And I want to start. I was going to start in another passage, but something just came to me. So let's start in the book of First Timothy. Or actually 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 4. And let's start in verse 1, 2 Timothy 4 verse 1. And I want to show you something because I'm only reading a small passage, but I want to give you context. In 1 and 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul continuously tells his son in the faith, Timothy, something. And it's a running theme throughout the books. He says, there are false teachers around and there is false doctrines going around. So what you need to do in response to that, and so you don't fall for those, is you need to cling to what you know is sound doctrine, cling to the teachings that I've taught you and what you know, and also teach that and preach that. And you're going to see right here in 2 Timothy 4, he tells him that, he says, I urge you To preach the gospel. It doesn't matter whether people want to accept it. It doesn't matter whether the time is favorable or not. Preach the truth. There is false doctrine going around. False teachers are going around. So preach the truth. Watch in verse 1. Watch what he says. He says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Verse 2. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And that time that the Apostle Paul was talking about, was around back then and we see it now and we see it on an even greater scale in this last hour of time false doctrine false teachings false teachers going around teaching things to people that are completely erroneous and are not found anywhere in the world of God but somehow they have a following and some of them have very great followings and people eat, this, people eat these things up. And you sit there as somebody who knows the word of God and wonder, how do people accept this? And why do people accept this? One of the reasons why is because people and preachers don't preach the truth of God's word anymore. And this is why the Apostle Paul urged Timothy, preach the truth, preach the truth, preach the truth. Because the enemy is very cunning and he's very crafty. It's funny how he started by getting believers to stop believing the truth of God's Word and getting preachers to stop preaching it and mix it around with other things of the world so that we can win more people and so that we can bring more people to Christ because, you know, times are changing. The generations are changing. They need more than what our parents and our grandparents had. And the enemy started there. And you notice... That it never resulted in more people being won to Christ. I'm talking about in modern modern Christianity. It never resulted in more people being won. But it resulted in less people being won. Preachers falling into the trap of the enemy. And just going completely off the rails. And becoming more worldly. And watch this false teaching coming in. So not only did they try soften the word of God. And make it into something that the world will accept. But they started teaching things that were not even found in the word of God. And that's how you have all these crazy ministers these days. Coming up out of thin air. Preaching things and teaching things that are just completely left field. And people follow it. Because the enemy started with getting the word of God out. And getting the truth of God's word out of the way. And then inserting false doctrine in there. That's what happened and then he inserted it and at that point once he got the word out the way and once he got the truths of the bible out the way and what it says then he adds in his false teaching and people believe it. People believe it at that point. So that's why Paul told Timothy no 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 don't throw away the word. Don't let go of sound doctrine. Cling on to it. Hold on to it and teach it And preach it. It doesn't matter what the world says about it. It doesn't matter if people accept it or not. Teach it. Preach it. And don't stop for anything. And I want to lay a foundation with that. Because what I'm going to talk about today. Is, as I said, two things that you as a believer need to not fall into this trap. Two things that every Christian needs. To not become somebody who falls for false doctrine. And subscribes to false doctrine. And then believes false teachers. Here are two things that you need. And I'll tell you them up front. And then we'll dive into it. It is the word and the spirit. I told you they weren't going to be two things that are completely new and revelatory to you and mind blowing. The word and the spirit. And the reason why I say that is because. Let's talk for a minute (laughs) about a lot of the things that Christians have believed that are nowhere found in the word of God. Things that people think are biblical, but aren't biblical biblical at all. We have preachers coming up out of thin air that are teaching crazy doctrines, have manifestations in their ministries that... They say are the Holy Ghost and say are God, but they're nowhere near God. And to be honest with you, you have preachers in this day and time (laughs) that are mixing the Holy Spirit with witchcraft. And people will fall over them and say, oh my gosh, that person is so anointed. So-and-so is on fire. So-and-so carries the power. Did you see what happened at his meetings? Did you see what happened at her meeting? And sadly, they ain't nothing more but a, a, a witch. They, not, they practice practicing anything but witchcraft. They're into divination and they're into all these crazy things that are not found in the word of God. But people got so caught up on, oh my gosh, that ministry has signs. Oh my gosh, that ministry has power. Oh my gosh, did you see that demon manifest in that ministry? And a reason why that came up and a reason why that's so prevalent is because as I said earlier, people threw away the word. And they threw away the formula that will keep you. The word and the spirit. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 16. And let me, let me explain this. Mark chapter 16. And this is a passage that is familiar. And I've read it a million and a half times. But I'm going to point out something different today. Mark 16. Chapter 15, watch what he says. This is a great commission. Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs, watch this, will accompany all those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus, verse 19, finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples, watch this, verse 20, And the disciples went everywhere and preached... And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Watch verse 20 again. It said, and the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. This is where I want to park today. Because the, the blueprint that God gave to the, to the disciples... To carry out this gospel. And carry out his commands. He said number one. Go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And as you do. You will see signs. That are going to follow you. And he lays out signs that will follow. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. If they drink anything deadly. It won't harm them. He lays out those signs. And then the Bible tells you. That the disciples went everywhere. And preached. And as they preached, the Lord confirmed what they said with signs and wonders following. I want to let you know something that will help you. Signs and wonders and miracles, they follow the preaching of the word. They confirm the word of God. And I want to let that sink into you because you see a lot of signs and wonders and people are so enthralled with signs these days. And they're so enthralled with miracles and oh my God, so-and-so has miracles in his ministry. So-and-so calls out people in the gifts of the spirit, in his ministry. But let me tell you something, there will never, and I'm and watch this when I say this, you will never ever see a sign that is biblical that goes against the word of God. Signs and wonders confirm the word of God. They don't go against the word of God. So that means if a miracle or a sign and a wonder that you've seen in somebody's ministry or somebody's service does not fall in line with the word of God, then guess what? It's a false sign. Understand what I'm saying. It's a false sign. Because people have thought that if a minister has signs, then... Their ministry is of God, and what they're doing is of God. And that's not the case. Because you have to understand that somebody can still perform signs by another spirit that ain't the Holy Spirit. Let me prove it to you. Back in the book of Exodus, I believe it was chapter seven, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh to go let his people, to tell him to go let the Israelites go out of slavery, and Pharaoh wouldn't listen. God sent Moses and Aaron with signs and said, okay, you perform these signs, you go perform these signs there to show Pharaoh that I'm actually sending you. And at first he went to perform it to the elders of Israel and they believed. But when he went to Pharaoh specifically, there was one sign where he threw his staff down and it became a snake, a serpent, if you will. And what ended up happening? Pharaoh's sorcerers then proceeded to throw down their staff and do the same thing. And as we know, Moses' staff ate their staff up. The serpent that was Moses' staff ate theirs all up, swallowed swallowed all their serpents up. But watch this though. They were still able, Pharaoh's sorcerers, were still able to perform that sign. But it wasn't by the same spirit that Moses did it. Understand that. It wasn't by the same spirit. Let me give you another example of this. If you go over into the book of Revelation. You go all the way to the book of Revelation. You see that during the tribulation, the false prophet comes. And he comes and starts performing during the tribulation all these signs. He makes fire flash down from heaven. And... He, the Bible says in revelation 13, he performs all these miraculous signs to convince people to follow the antichrist and people believe. And then at that point, he sets up the statue, tells everybody to bow down and worship it. If they don't, and they don't take his mark, they're dead. And I want to show you, he was able to perform those signs. He was able to perform signs, but they weren't by the same spirit. They were by a different spirit. I want you to understand that today because people are being deceived by signs and they're being deceived. Oh my gosh, by wonders. And that's how you have people rising up today out of thin air that, oh, that only have signs in their ministry and only have, you know, crazy wonders and crazy things happening in their ministry and people are falling for it. And Christians are believing it because, oh my gosh, he had this happen. He had that happen. That must be the power of God. And it's a different power. Here's another example. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas got thrown in prison, well, they're on the street and the Bible tells you they're walking. And a slave girl who had the spirit of divination And she was able to tell fortunes and tell the futures and her masters were making a lot of money off of what she was doing. She came and she started declaring these men are servants of the most high God, follow what they say. And it was by a different spirit and the apostle Paul casted the evil spirit out of her and they got mad because they couldn't make money off her and they threw them in prison. But understand that girl was able to tell the future, but it wasn't by the word of wisdom. It wasn't by the Holy Spirit. It was by another spirit. That wasn't of God. Do you understand that? And that's why today, somebody could come up and say, I have a deliverance ministry. I have a deliverance ministry. And they start doing all these weird things. And people say, oh my gosh, it's the power of God. Because something spectacular happened something supernatural happened, but it's not. So how do you know the difference? This is where the word of God comes in. If it falls in line with the word, guess what? It's of God. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then you have problems. It doesn't matter how spectacular it was. It doesn't matter how great it was. It doesn't matter how supernatural it was. It is not of God if it doesn't fall in line with the word of God. I don't care who you are. I don't care how great of a preacher you are. If it doesn't fall in line with God's word, guess what? It's not of God. It is not of God. That's why Jesus gave the disciples and us believers the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And as you preach the gospel, what you see in the gospel and what you see in my word and the signs that I'm telling you will happen, are going to happen and they will confirm the word that you're preaching. Signs don't bring glory to a man and make people look on him and say, oh my gosh, she's so great. They confirm the preaching of the word of God and they draw people to Christ. That's what they're supposed to do. And a lot of these people that are operating by a different spirit. And operating a lot of them in straight up witchcraft and divination. It always draws people to them. It never draws people to Christ. It never draws people to salvation. It always draws people to themselves to bow down and worship them like they're some great person. Understand that. And I don't say this because, oh my God, because I'm trying to come at people. I say this because I want you to not fall into the trap of the enemy in this last hour of time. I want to make sure that you know what is of God and what isn't of God. Follow in the pattern that Jesus gave. Follow in the pattern that Jesus set out in his word. Follow the blueprint that he gave you. Preach the gospel. And as you preach the gospel, signs will follow. Signs and wonders will follow. And here are some signs that will follow you. Here are some things that will follow you. Because there are people out there that are teaching a different gospel, there are people out there, that are performing signs and wonders by the same spirit, but if they line up with this word, guess what, they're of God, if they don't, they're not of God, and reject them, and don't receive them at all, don't receive it, and this is why I say you as a believer, need these two things, the word and the spirit, Because that's the blueprint that Jesus gave you. That's the pattern that Jesus gave you. Preach the word and signs will follow. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. And if you are equipped with that, there's no way you could fall into false doctrine. There's no way that you could fall for all these crazy things that these false preachers and teachers are doing these days. There's no way. And understand, I'm not somebody that's against the movement of the spirit. I'm not somebody that's against the working of the Holy Spirit. I believe in that 100%. You know. I believe in that 100%. I've seen the Holy Ghost work in my ministry, and my services, moves in my ministry like that. I'm not against it at all. What I am against is falsehood. What I am against is false signs and wonders. What I am against is a false gospel because that's what deceives people. That's what draws people away from the truth. And I want to be sure that it doesn't happen for you. And that's the way you're not going to fall into that trap. That's the way you're not going to fall into false doctrine. If you become a person who has the word and has the spirit, there is no way that you could fall into the trap of the enemy. And another reason why I say that is because a lot of people either have one or the other. And that's not going to work. They either have, they're either all word because, oh my gosh, I've seen some crazy manifestations that have hurt people. Or I've seen some stupid, you know, some stupid manifestations that are unbiblical that people are calling the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I'm just rejecting that spirit stuff and I'm all word. That's a problem. And then there's another camp of people that are all spirit. That's a problem too. Because You know, I just want to see signs. I just want to see power. I just want to see wonders. I want to see miracles. I want to see that happen. And if I'm in a service where, you know, it's not crazy and spectacular and people are not swinging off the chandeliers, then that wasn't a good service. And they're all spirit, but no word. So anything that comes and looks like a sign and a wonder and a miracle, it's of God. And then the enemy comes and says, all right, God, I can throw something at you. That looks like the Holy Spirit, acts like the Holy Spirit, but ain't the Holy Spirit. And they eat it up and they believe it. That's a person who does not have the word, but only the spirit. There's a famous quote that somebody said, I don't know. I've heard a lot of preachers say it, but, um, I don't know who the original person who said it is. He said, if you have only the word, if you're all word, you'll dry up. If you're all spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. That's what you need. If you're all word and no spirit, then guess what? The whole word of God, all this is just words on a paper to you. It's not something that could come alive. It's not something that you believe is alive and working today. And I don't mean to throw shots at anybody, but a lot of our friends and fellow believers in other denominations that don't believe in the working of the spirit today and don't believe in the working of the gifts of the spirit and healings and miracles and all that stuff are for today. They don't receive anything that is of the spirit. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy spirit. Some of them with the evidence of speaking in tongues, they don't believe in that. And a lot of them that are only word. And you know, the word of God is enough for me. I don't believe that God speaks to people directly today. The word is enough. The word of God is just, Words on a paper is not something that has truly come alive and is working today. It's not something that, oh, the same God that was working back in the Bible days is still the same God that's around today. And he can still do those things today. It's not like that because you've thrown away the spirit and it's the spirit that makes the word of God alive to you. It's the spirit that makes the word of God come alive to you. He shows you, the things of the word he reveals the truths of god god's word to you he helps you your human mind can't comprehend the word of god your human mind cannot lay hold on the revelations that are found in god's word it's just words on a paper to you that's why people can look at the word of god and be like ah you know it's, 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 is a bible something that was written years and years and years ago and it ain't even like true you know it's been translated so many times it's not even true to the original meaning it's just words on a paper to you however when you have the spirit he makes the word of god come alive to you he makes the word of god come true the things that you've seen in the word of god start happening today the same miracles that jesus performed you see them start happening in your own life that's through the holy spirit He makes God's word come alive to you. That's why you can't just be all word. And at the same time, you can't be all spirit because you'll fall into deception. You'll fall into a trap of deception because I just want signs. I just want wonders. I just want the power. I just want to see something happen. I want to see something spectacular happen. And the enemy comes out of thin air and says, I'll give you something. And all I got to do is just attach the name of God to it. And next thing you know, you're falling into a crazy trap. You're falling into a trap. And next thing you know, you believe false doctrine. You believe false teaching. You subscribe to all these false teachers. That's what happens when you don't have the word and the spirit. It's just one or the other. And that's what causes problems for people. I can tell you a story. I remember, and this was fairly recently, There was a preacher, and I use that term kind of loosely, who had a big deliverance ministry, if you will. And as I said, I'm not against deliverance. I'm not against casting out devils. I had demons manifest in my services before. I've seen demons manifest and cast out in other people's services before. I'm not against casting out devils. Jesus did it, and he gave us the power to do it today. And I've seen it happen today. Now, however, this person has a deliverance ministry. And then there was a video that came and surfaced online of, I guess, this person praying for a pregnant lady. And he said, hey, lady, you know, this child is filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me show you that this child is actually full of the Holy Spirit. And I kid you not, this man started with his hat. I'm not even joking with you. Straight up, some straight up just, <laughs> I don't know, left field stuff doing this, turning the baby and, oh my God, the baby jumped inside of me, praise God, she's full of the Holy Ghost. And it it was literally just a show of power, because you're just out here just doing all these like weird things for no apparent reason, and people think, oh my God, it's power. Oh my God, power is present, so it must be the power of God. <laughs> you have to realize that just because power is present doesn't mean it's the power of God. Because if you notice, the enemy has power too. The enemy has power too. And he'll use that power to deceive people who are running after signs and wonder after th- running after things that are so spectacular. That's how you have people in certain denominations, bless them. They've been deceived, sadly, but people in certain denominations who have certain manifestations that they say are the Holy Spirit, and then they got people embarrassing themselves. People on the floor barking like dogs, and on the floor rolling around like animals, and making animal noises, talking about that's the Holy Ghost, the movement of the Holy Spirit. It's not. You don't see that in Scripture. The Holy Ghost don't come upon you (laughs) to make you start barking like a dog. The Holy Ghost don't come upon you to make you start acting like an animal. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you've seen, I've seen times where people get possessed of the devil and they start to manifest in services. They're the ones that are acting like animals. They're the ones that start getting on the floor and galloping and making up all this noise and contorting their body. That's what the enemy does. But people say, oh my gosh, it's the Holy Ghost. And it's not found anywhere in scriptures. And I'm saying this to you at somebody Who believes in the power of God. Somebody who grew up. In church full of the. In Holy Ghost Church. Been in many Holy Ghost services. I'm not against the power of God. What I am against is. Against a power. That acts like it's the power of God and it ain't. That's what I'm against. And people fall into these traps. When they don't have the word and the spirit. When they've just thrown away the blueprints, when they threw away the whole entire blueprint, that's how you fall into the trap. And you see that Jesus did that. The Bible tells you, I believe it's in, what is it? Luke four. I believe. Let me check on this. It is in Matthew four, actually not Luke four, but Matthew four. Watch what it says. Matthew four, verse 23. This is what Jesus did. The Bible tells you that Jesus, verse 23, went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So you see what Jesus did? He went around and he preached, he preached, and he healed. That's what he did. Word and the spirit together. He preached and he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And he also demonstrated that. He didn't go around doing something completely left field. No. He had the word and the spirit together. In his meetings. And when he went around and preached. And you see that in Mark 16 as I showed you. That was the same blueprint that he gave to the disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then demonstrate it. And you see that come up in the book of Acts. Let me show you. In Acts 10. Watch what happens in Acts 10, verse 44. This is what happens when the Gentiles first received the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, let me give you some background. A man by the name of Cornelius, who was a Gentile, he had a visitation from an angel. And an angel, he got caught up in a vision, and an angel came to him and told him to send for Peter. Now, the next day, Peter is on the rooftop, of the house that he's staying and he's praying and he gets caught up in a trance and he sees long story short he basically sees a sheet come out of heaven with a bunch of animals on it that were unclean to the jews and the holy ghost tells him rise kill and eat and peter's like what in the world i don't eat that no no those animals no no those animals are unclean, I ain't eating that, and the Holy Ghost tells him, he says, don't call unclean what I've called clean, he says, don't come up here calling unclean what I called clean, and then it happens a couple more times, and then he comes out of the trance, and he comes out of the trance, and he doesn't fully understand what happened, and as soon as he comes out the trance, here comes Cornelius, and Cornelius comes to him, and tells him what happened, and then Peter understands what happened, and he says, "Oh my goodness, I finally see that God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons," and he begins to preach the gospel. And as he preached the gospel, looks what happened. Look what happens. Verse forty-four. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Watch that. Watch what happened. Peter, as he began to preach the gospel to Cornelius and all who were there, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Word and the Spirit together again. You see that. He preached and as he preached, the Holy Ghost came down and they began to speak in tongues and they were filled with his power and began to speak in tongues and praise God. You see the word and the spirit operating together again. The blueprint that Jesus gave. Let me give you another example. If you go back two chapters to Acts chapter 8, it's the story of Philip when he goes and preaches the gospel in Samaria. Watch what happens in verse 6. It says crowds listened intently to Philip. Because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Watch that again. Philip the evangelist goes to Samaria to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as he goes, he preaches. They listened intently to hear his message, hear him preaching, and see the miraculous signs that he did. Word and the spirit together once again. He preached and miracles happened. He preached the word and demonstrated it at the same time. There's the blueprint. There's the pattern. Word and the spirit. Not just one and not just the other. Because once you separate it, that's where you run into problems. If people would just understand the power of preaching the word of God and letting the Holy Spirit demonstrate it through you, you won't run into problems. That's enough to get people saved. That's enough to bring in a great harvest of souls. You don't have to mix it with anything. You don't have to separate one from the other. They work in harmony with each other to fulfill the great commission. They work in harmony with each other to fulfill the thing that God has called us to fulfill. That's what I want you to understand today. Become a person of the Word and the Spirit. I believe it was the late Dr. Kenneth Hagin said something. He said it was in the last days. I believe God is building strong local churches who flow with the Word and the Spirit. And that's not to say that God hasn't done it in the past, but in this last hour where false doctrine is prevalent, in this last hour where false teaching is at an all time high, you need to become a person who flows with the word and with the spirit, because that's how you will not fall into the trap of the enemy. You won't separate the word from the spirit and be like, I just want signs. I just want wonders. That's how you're going to become deceived by false signs, or I don't believe in signs and wonders, I just want the word, well that's a problem, because God intended for them both to go together, and in this last hour of time more than ever, that's what we need, personally, and in our churches, because once you do that, once you follow the blueprint that Jesus gave, then you'll see the greatest amount of results, then you'll get into the right flow that he wants you to be it. Amen. That's what we need. That's what we need and that's the person that you'll become in this last hour of time. And deception and false teaching will be far from you. And you won't fall into that trap. But you'll become a person who is set on the foundation of the word of God and you know that anything that happens, any sign, any wonder Any miracle that happens that doesn't line up with this word, doesn't line up with what it says, it's not of God. And I won't even give it a second thought. It's not of God. I don't receive it. I don't receive it. But if it is done and it brings glory to God and it falls in line with his word, let it happen and we receive it. Amen. That's the person you need to become today. Amen. And I just want to say one more thing. That's not to say because people can become very dogmatic about this stuff. That's not to say that I'm against Holy Ghost services. That's not to say I'm not, that's not to say I'm against the moving of the Spirit in a way in a service where the preacher cannot minister on a Sunday. Because you've seen that happen in Scripture. Even back in the Old Testament, the glory of God filled the temple to a point that the priest could not get up and minister in the temple because the glory of God just filled the temple. There are times where God will move in a corporate setting, in a church setting, in a way where you won't be able, and you may not be able to crack open the word of God and preach a straight sermon. But even in that way, the word of God will still be declared. It won't be something that is completely left field. Just because it was a Holy Ghost service that we never got to preach. It won't be something that's completely left field. It will still fall in line with the word of God. And God will still be glorified. Jesus will still be lifted up. And what the Holy Ghost is doing will result in people being drawn to Christ in the end. Amen. I'm not against that. I'm not against preachers calling out people in the gifts before they begin to preach. I've seen times where preachers get up on the platform, this has happened to me personally before in my meetings too, where the Holy Ghost directs you, call somebody out, minister to this person. As you get on the platform, you haven't started preaching yet, or in the middle of your sermon, I'm not against that. I'm not against that. But what you're doing, if it's truly led of the Holy Spirit, will fall in line with the Word of God. And it will bring glory to God. It will demonstrate His power. It will show people... There and the person that is being ministered to that God is real and his power is still real today. And it will result in people profiting and people being saved and brought into the kingdom and closer to God. That is the end result of all this. And when you become a person who flows with the word and the spirit. You will profit and you will not fall into false doctrine. You will not fall for false teaching. In Jesus name. And from this day forward, you will become a person who will operate that way. No longer will you follow after the lies of the enemy. No longer will you follow after false teachings. You will not be deceived and pulled off of the path of righteousness. You will not. It will not happen for you. Because you are determining to be a person of the word and a person of the spirit. A person who flows with both. And you will not be deceived. And you will not fall into the trap that the enemy has set for you from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, say a big amen where you're at and receive it for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.